Welcome to this podcast by the National Institute of Economic and Social Research, NISA. I'm Paola Bonadonna. Today we published our May Economic Review, containing the last quarterly forecast of the UK economy before the general election. To help us get a sense of the economic landscape in which politicians will start pounding pavements and knocking on doors, I'm joined by NISA economist James Warren. James, what do we have to say about GDP today? We've left our headline figures for GDP unrevised from our February edition of the review. This is that activity in the economy will grow by 1.7% this year and 1.9% in the next. As with our previous forecast, we have a very similar story. This is that domestic demand will slow. Consumption slows because households' uh, purchasing power reduces. They can afford less for their wages. And as a result, investment will follow this and also slow over the next year. On the other side, we'll see that net trade will contribute positively as exporters, as a result of the gain in competitiveness um, they've seen, exports will grow a little bit, while imports will contract due to the weak domestic demand conditions. And will the improvement in net trade fully offset the weaker domestic demand? No. Consumption is a larger proportion of GDP, and we only have a relatively modest improvement in in exports. So while it does offset, it won't offset completely, which is why we see that ever so slight moderation in growth. What has to be remembered is that this growth rate is below what we think is is the UK's potential growth rate of around 2%. Why have you forecast uh, slower consumption growth? The story is largely a squeeze in incomes, household incomes, adjusted for inflation. What we have is relatively weak wage growth since the financial crisis. But on the other side, we're having this pickup in inflation due to the depreciation of sterling. We expect inflation to reach around 3.4% by the end of this year, um, while wages will only inch up throughout the year. So wage growth is going to be growing at a slower pace than prices, and therefore households will be able to afford less from their wage packets. And people will really feel this in their pockets, won't they? These are not small numbers. Absolutely, yes. Very recently, household saving as a, as a proportion of income has been very low. Um, so with real wages, inflation-adjusted wages falling, for people to be able to afford the same amount of, uh, of goods and services that they buy they're either going to have to reduce saving further or eat into their stock of savings. Alternatively, they may just reduce consumption. And this is likely to be on the on the goods or the discretionary types of goods like going to restaurants and the, the leisure activities rather than essentials. These will go first. OK, but how likely are we to see wages pick up to the same rate or above inflation? Wage growth has really been very weak since the financial crisis. It's been growing at a much lower rate than it had prior to that. One of the key determinants behind this is that of productivity. This is how much we produce per hour. Unfortunately, productivity growth has remained extremely low. To put this in context, if productivity had grown at the pre-crisis trend, it would be some 15% higher than it currently is. Without a return of meaningful productivity growth, we're unlikely to see a pickup in wages. We'll hear a lot about Brexit in the course of the election campaign, but aside from the uncertainty that brings, it sounds as if Britain's economy is battling some serious underlying problems, wouldn't you say? Yes, absolutely. While Brexit will have an economic impact once we get to our fully negotiated position, the productivity puzzle, and it is a puzzle because we do not fully understand what is underlying this, will ha- has immediate implications for 
living standards. If productivity doesn't pick up again, we will have lower living standards, given the how real wages and productivity tend to co-move. One of the things we do know, though, is that historically the UK is a low investment economy. This is, we have a low proportion of investment to GDP, especially that of R&D, research and development. Out of the major economies, only Italy has a lower level of uh, research and development as a percentage of GDP. If we don't take measures to address our poor productivity performance, and in the event that our trade relationship with the EU worsens after Brexit, we could be looking at the possibility of UK productivity collapsing to Italian levels, which have been stagnant for many years. Well, perish the thought. Many thanks, James. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. For other podcasts, blogs and specialist briefings on important economic issues facing the country ahead of the general election, please visit our dedicated page, www.nisa.ac.uk forward slash election 2017. This was made possible through funding from the Nuffield Foundation to ensure public debate in the run-up to the vote is informed by independent and rigorous evidence. Goodbye.